Anumanu battling against Ali Riley on the left side. Playing it centrally, looking for Didasco. Caprice will bring it down for Teenage. She'll try the first time shot and beats Ashlyn Harris. I don't think Harris saw that, Lisa. What a strike from the French woman. And just three minutes in, it's one nothing. Hello, everybody, and welcome back into another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. Uh, my voice sounds a little bit different this week. That's because it does. I'm not Austin. He could not be with us this week, but we decided to press on. Couldn't um, be bothered. Could not be bothered, unfortunately. You know, that's that's just the nature. The, you know, sometimes this guy I think is just those too are the direct words that he said. Is, uh, <laughs> yeah. If they don't care, why should I? Yep. Those, uh, you know, verbatim, pretty much. Um, I'm Gavin. Joined with me is a man who needs no introduction. Uh, you may know him from his other job. Uh, delivering presents to himself during Bradmas. It's Brad. Yep. yep. Hi. It's television's Brad. Hollywood Brad Newton. Yep. Brad, uh, what's uh, what's going on this week? Which what, what you got going on? Uh, uh, Jack and shit, and Jack left town. All right, there you go. Jack easy, being easy. Uh, the loving nickname that I give to my girlfriend, uh, who has <laughs> left me for Minnesota for until Saturday. So. Ooh. Just me and three cats and two dogs. Three cats and two dogs. So not really alone. You got a full house to deal with. How we feeling out there tonight? <laughs> hey, shit, yeah. That's I am not feeling good. Yeah. It's a lot to take care of. Yeah. It's like that, uh, that, that one little moment where, you know, you're alone for like the first day or so. And then it just kind of settles. And it's like, I still have too much shit to deal with right now. Yeah, uh, making sure a house is clean and taking care of five animals all by yourself. It's great. Yeah, yeah, we all, uh, we love it. We recommend it. Check it out. Um, So not a lot to get into this week. Orlando City, they haven't, uh, they didn't play last week. The international break has kind of paused everything. Normally that isn't the case during these international windows, but we got that going on. Um, so we'll start this off with the Orlando Pride. Um, everybody's favorite uh, Orlando-based NWSL team, and uh, their top most two game. at least. Yeah, top two at least. Um, their past game this weekend against the uh, Gotham, against Gotham FC, uh, not great. Uh, three to two loss. Uh, they gave up three goals consecutively to open the game, uh, including one very early on in the game. Uh, before trying to battle back, which they couldn't do. A couple goals late in the final 10 minutes of that one. Um, not a good not a good start. <laughs> right on third minute, um, the visitors took a quick lead. It was a one-time hit outside of the box. Um, looks like it took a deflection. Ashlyn Harris looked almost like she had no chance, like she didn't know where that ball was going. Um, and that finds an easy goal, you know, a long range shot, the kind of shot that, you know, Austin would, would pop in here and, and, uh, ask us what the XG on that one was. Um, Austin probably not very good. I would. Yeah. Or yeah. Not very good. Um, as Brad would, as Brad would tell us, uh, 47th yeah, not, not minute. a high number there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, second half, same story. Two minutes in goal, Gotham two nothing. Uh, Mitch purse made it three just moments later. Um, and then the pride battled back at the very end of the game, uh, Sydney LaRue winning a ball in Gotham's defensive third that eventually found Alex Morgan. And then she led it off to Erica Tam, was it, uh, Tamrak? Did I pronounce that right? Mm -hmm. Yes. 
her shot deflected off the hands of the Gotham goalkeeper and into the net. And then about four minutes later, uh, Alex Morgan once again involved, drawing a penalty for Marta. She slotted it home, but that was all the pride could muster back. So a loss, not great. Uh, Brad? Ashton Harris you... had an opportunity at the end there to, to draw it level, uh, but was unable to do so. Um, yeah, I mean, look, that first goal, it's uh, center of the box. I mean, outside of the box, pretty much dead center. Um, don't know if Ashton Harris misread that or if it took a, like a possible deflection. Kind of hard to tell from the, the video angle that, that everyone sort of has on hand. So, um, yeah, not great to concede that early that seems to be a recurring thing with the pride is that they, they will give up a goal early and they sort of have to find their way back um this is not the first time this has happened recently um looking back uh to their their previous match against the rain um again uh they gave up a goal in the third minute followed by another one of the 28th and the, and the 32nd um against the rain uh, so that's not great. Uh, something about this, I mean, it's not even just the defense. I mean, it's the whole team giving up a goal in the third minute. Like that's, that's a, that's a team effort of letting that sort of thing happen. I mean, you don't even really see that in like FIFA ultimate team games where that, that sort of thing could happen. So, um, the second goal was off of a free kick. Uh, Ashton Harris got her hands to it, but couldn't, uh, couldn't keep it out of the net there. And then that third goal, woof. Uh, Allie Riley sort of uh, responsible for the the, the the left side there collapsed basically into the middle of the box and just left Midge Purse completely by herself, uh, kept her onside, and uh, was able to get a very uh, low, like a high, high opportunity shot there. Uh, and that she was able to convert it. So this team does have some issues on defense. Uh, if there's one thing to take away from the way they're lined up right now, it's that the back half does not uh, look as good as it probably could, uh, compounded by uh, the offense not exactly clicking uh, the way it probably needs to right now either. I mean, you have uh, Sidney LaRue, who was on a tear early on in the season, has, has sort of... Uh, lost her form of late. Um, Marta obviously is is a is a player to look out for, and then I mean you have probably one of the most dynamic scoring players in America, and and Alex Morgan, and uh, looked like she was doing pretty well when she was playing with the national team, but um, since her return has not exactly uh, provided much results in that regard. So. Yeah, it's it's there's there's a few questions that need to be answered for this Pride team, but um, you look ahead, they're they're on the outside looking into this playoff picture right now. Yeah, you mentioned the defense, and that is one thing that interim head coach Becky Burley brought up after the game. She said that the big thing that is that we have to figure out is our defensive identity right now. Um, you know. It, she also brought up the fact that it was, you know, a pretty emotional night. It was an emotional week, you know, it, it, kind of curious. Do you think that maybe some of those things didn't look like mentally 
it, that was kind of having an effect on the pride early on, given that, you know, this was the first game since all of the accusations of, you know, player abuse and sexual coercion, all these things had come out in the NWSL. Um, that very, you know, possibly weighed on the players throughout the night. Um, I, maybe, I mean, that, that could have an effect, but there's also another team that did play in that match that also had to deal with a lot of those things and probably a bit, uh, more closer to their team, uh, than the pride might've, uh, Gotham, of course, uh, previously their previous incarnation of sky blue, uh, was, uh, mentioned in some of those things as well. Um, so, uh, maybe, but I don't, I don't know if I want to either credit or discredit that all too much. I mean, it is absolutely something that, that does need to be acknowledged that, you know, with a lot of, um, just sort of the, the, I mean, it's, it's reprehensible what a lot of these things have, have come to light. Um, there's, there's no excusing any of that behavior. Um, a lot of things that have, that have been, um, disclosed lately. I mean, it's good that these things are happening and that people are being called out for their behavior, but um, it does suck that a lot that that this is a thing that has to keep being mentioned. Is that yeah, there's some not great people in the world, and they will take advantage of their power and their you know they they will exploit a power dynamic if given the opportunity to, and so. Uh, really all you can do is just kind of show solidarity with the people affected and, and do your best to, to call out those behaviors when you see them. So um, that said, I I don't know how much it might have affected the pride that night against Gotham, given that Gotham was able to capitalize on a lot of things early and they too have had to deal with a lot of this. So um, I, I don't know if I want to give that too much weight as far as their performance this past week goes. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair statement. I mean, like you said, there there are two teams in this, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's tough to show up and play the game. And, you know, unfortunately, the pride took them a little bit longer to get going. Um, you know, part of the, part of what Burley was saying after the match is that she, she was very impressed and she was very happy with that fight at the end. You know, she said, she, she said, I quote, you know, I thought the people that came into the game did a really good job of sustaining pressure and sustaining pressure and creating pressure um, and were game changers for us. They fought until the end. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, they came up just short. Like you said, the pride or on the outside looking in of the playoffs at the moment just three games left now uh starting with tonight we're recording this on wednesday afternoon so just before the pride will take on uh the chicago red stars in the game that was supposed to take place last week but was postponed because of the player uh, of the reckoning in, in the nwsl um, so that game will come tonight so they'll finish the season on a little bit of a congested schedule now um tonight and then they play again. I believe, let's see. I have the schedule up here. Uh, this weekend against Louisville. That game is in Louisville. So two back-to-back road games in the span of uh, three days. And then they finish off at home on October 29th against the Red Stars yet again. So they play Chicago two out of the next three games to finish off. And that's important because Chicago is the is is just above them in the playoffs. They're up by a point. Um, that win for Gotham propelled them into the playoffs over Orlando. Uh, they're just a point, just a just on the outside looking in. It's still a very tight race. I mean, the the top 
this whole standings, the the Pride are only 11 points back from first place. Obviously, that's unobtainable, but it just kind of shows you how close things are as we head down the stretch. We're a handful, you know, a good handful of games into Burley's, you know, interim run here. Given that they're on the outside looking in, what have you seen from this team that suggests either they can get over that line and finish on a high note or that they've got a difficult road ahead over these next three games. Well, I think one of the major takeaways is that Burley's team um, has shown that they, they, they are capable of coming back. I mean, aside from really aside from the game against the, the rain um, they've, they've been with, they've had opportunities to win the game. Like that's, that's really about it. Um, even the game against Port, uh, I mean, looking back, I mean, really Washington Spirit. That's that's another game that you can look at as far as um, they had opportunities in. But really, I, I mean, the game against Gotham, the game against Houston, uh, racing Louisville, and then um, this past one against uh, the the Rain, obviously being the lone exception to that really was the only game I mean the, the game against the rain was really the only game where they weren't in it uh, I'll say that uh, even though it looked like uh, Gotham had a, a good amount of control and possession that second half I mean the pride did look like they were going to make a breakthrough at some point it just was unfortunate that they weren't able to um, you know when you look at the lack of production by Alex Morgan uh, Sidney LaRue and Jody Taylor even uh, they just they just haven't been able to make those breakthroughs the, the way that you would like them to um, not being able to, to start those matches pretty quickly. Um, those are some things that I, I also tend to notice is that they've, they've been conceding early. Um, and when you do that, you're, you're already starting on, on the back foot. So they, they really need to not um, give up those early opportunities and that they, they should be able to, to have a better chance going forward because it really does just change the entire look of a game when you're when you're giving up goals that early and now you're you're fighting from behind and the other team can sort of sit back and absorb a bit more uh, of your attack that way when they can sort of comfortably play with a lead. Yeah, I mean all you know all these things are going to be important as we head to, down to the final few games. Um any any last thoughts on the pride um here before we move on into the next phase of the show? I mean, it is huge that they they play Chicago twice. I mean, we know that, and then they they have Louisville uh, in between those two matches. So, um, looking forward to it. They they have to be able to to they have to be able to walk away with nine points. That's that's pretty much where they're at at this point in the season. Um, if they don't, they they really aren't in a position to control their own destiny here. They're outside of a playoff spot, and really they need to start getting into form as the as they head into the playoffs. Because if they can get off to a, a hot start and they can sort of find their form in these last three matches here, uh, it could end up being that you know a team like this that's finding its way back in the form could be you know a, a team to watch in the playoffs. Yeah, top six make the playoffs. Um, Gotham, by the way, they're just a point over on the Pride, but they do have a game in hand um, on the rest of the field. Um, they they have four games left, Orlando and everybody else except for Kansas City have three games left. Um, and at this point, Gotham has a better goal differential. I'm sure that they have the better season, se- the season series. Gotham has 
be in Orlando in Orlando earlier in the season, correct? I believe they had um, one of those first I, couple games. If it was not a win, that was, was that was in the that was in the challenge. Uh, that was in the challenge cup. So that's not going to count to this. Uh, the season, the season series is split. I believe it's one, one, and one. Okay. So um, just looking at it, at the very least, yeah, they, um, they have a six goal differential up on Orlando. So a little bit of a mountain to overcome here. Um, yeah. Down the stretch. Um, yeah. So I mean, really, you want to look at it, and you want to be able to catch them on points if that's what if you if you do have plans for the postseason. Yeah. Um, elsewhere around the NWSL, um, Vlako Ondanowski has named the next 21-player training camp roster for these for the upcoming matches this month against the Korea Republic. Uh, two games. Uh, the first one, October 21st at Children's Mercy Park in Kansas City. And then another game a few days later in Minnesota. Alex Morgan has been called up to that. Um that second game is October 26th, three days before the Pride finale on the 29th. So if that comes down to a big game, a must-win, hopes are that Alex will be there and available for the Pride. They'll obviously need her for that one. Um, the NWSL Championship game earlier, I believe it was last month, was announced for to be set in Portland this year. Um, it caused a controversy because the game was set to be played at 9 a.m., uh, Portland time. None of the players were happy. They all took to social media to you know bombard the league with complaints uh, about that. Um, well, it was announced today that that game has been moved to uh, Louisville. Uh, it'll be played at noon local time, so much better for you know everyone involved for the players. Obviously, a big loss for um, for for Portland and for the fans out there that were hoping to see that. A uh, statement did come out, a joint statement from the NWSL and the NWSL Players Association. Um, a couple of notes from that. This was at the request of the players. The NWSL has moved the championship game from Portland to Louisville. Um, we are, you know, another uh, quote that kind of stood out to me there in that release was, we are dedicated to rebuilding a league that protects and promotes the best athletes in the world that is focused on the players, their health, and their safety. Um, as well as, so the, the NWSL players association had set forth a, a bunch of demands for the league to hope to meet by a date that I believe was today. Um, it was this week that has been extended for five days, at a, a good faith, uh, extension to kind of finalize the details and logistics on what they want there. So ongoing this is only the beginning and there's still plenty more to come from the NWSL as it tries to rebuild itself and, and regain the credibility that it is completely lost from all of the players and, you know, most, if not all of the fan base. So that's worth keeping an eye on. Uh, moving yeah, on. I don't Ooh, go ahead. I, I, I just one more thing on the, on the, the championship game moving. I don't think it does. If everything that happened last week doesn't happen. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a step in terms of trying to uh, either tr attempt to have like a show of good faith with the players um, as far as like listening to their concerns. Um, and if so, if that's a if that's a start, if that's where they're going, I mean, I'm, I, I don't know any of that for certain. This is just me giving the league the benefit of the doubt when they 
kind of haven't earned it thus far i don't think um mm-hmm. but if that's what it is i mean that's that's showing a sign and that's only going to benefit everyone i think in, in terms of making that move yeah i mean this whole reckoning came about because the players weren't listened to um obviously like i said you know the championship game's original announcement nobody had a problem that it was going to be in portland but you're playing a game at 9 a.m you know this is the biggest game of the year and it's being played early in the morning you know you're talking about waking up 4 or 5 a.m to begin preps for the for the game and that's just completely takes the players out of the account and trying to you know and trying to schedule that so i'm glad like not just that but i I think it's it's scheduling that game due to uh, I think NFL and some other men's soccer games that are happening at that same time. Yeah, I think it's uh, so it's it's, it's really just twentieth, which is a Saturday. So you're probably looking at college football on CBS oh, going yeah, up against that's that. That's it. Um, yeah, so it's it's really it was really CBS and the league making a signal that they're they're gonna put women's sports on the back burner, even though it's a championship game. Yeah, yeah. It's, so you know, but and, and then on the plus side, you know, I personally, I'm I'm a fan of of Louisville and what's going on there. You know, that stadium is is perfect and deserves to see this kind of showcase. I I saw that announcement and immediately thought like I you know for some reason I just assumed that Louisville was not that far away from Richmond and it's a little over a nine hour drive unfortunately. But yeah, it's it's not close to you. Yeah, if. If the pride were to make it, though, I would have to, you know, consider going out there because I mean, not for nothing. Stuff. I did go to I did go to the NWSL final in I think twenty sixteen in in Houston. I think that was the year that that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a hurricane here in Florida, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go watch this match. It was like the Flash and uh, someone else, and that's all I remember. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I'd imagine it'll be a good time. That's a that's a nice stadium, and I really want to check it out. Um, we'll see, M- maybe not, but you know, like I said, if the if the pride will go there, we'll have to consider it. Um, let's move yeah. on to Orlando City. Like I said, they didn't play this past weekend for the international break, but they return to action this week at everyone's favorite wooden spoon recipient, FC Cincinnati. Um, Brad, if you didn't know this, FC Cincinnati they've lost six games in a row. Uh, they've lost nine out of their last ten. Orlando City, um, they are one zero and one against them this year in two meetings, a three nothing win back in May, and a one one draw in August during um, Orlando's fun little summer of not getting good results and not scoring many goals. So, uh, thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the second time they've they've drawn. I mean, FC Cincinnati have never beaten Orlando City. They're 0-2-2 all-time against them. Yeah. Um, so that's always fun. Um, uh, yeah, they're not good. They've uh, They only recently oh, yeah. fired their coach, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep, Yop Stom um, was let go a couple weeks ago. They are working under another interim, and they just recently hired Chris Albright to be the new GM. Like he was the assistant. two and a half weeks ago, I think, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, it took them that long to figure out that that probably wasn't a great hire. Yeah. Um, they're they're not a good team. There's no there's no two ways around this. Um, uh, they're bad. They're mm. they're like bad bad, 
And so for Orlando, who have only really recently been, I mean, they're they're also coming off of like a bad form. I mean, granted, like the last two matches are a win and a draw, but uh, please don't pay any attention to the four matches that preceded those two. Um <laughs> Because they were also bad, and the rest of their schedule is not great. So if they want to solidify their their spot as a playoff team, that's another it's another game that they have to walk away with the result from. I mean, uh, it would be not good if they drew. Uh, so obviously that leaves just getting a win there against the 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 wooden spoon recipient for this year. So if they don't manage that, that doesn't bode well for the next five games going forward against a bunch of playoff teams yeah i mean we're talking about a team that is currently the only team in major league soccer mathematically eliminated from making the playoffs right now uh 20 points through 28 games uh not good not good at all uh 16 losses on the air they are uh Man, I feel bad for that. So like negative I, I, 25 goal differential. Yeah, I mean, I really feel bad for that for that fan base because they have an awesome stadium. Like, you know, an awesome stadium that gets full, it gets loud, but yet they have nothing to show for it uh, so far in, what, three seasons in Major League Soccer? Just not good. You know, mm-hmm. and they spend a lot of money. They just don't spend it well. They don't hire the right people. Um it's just not not going their way up there, but they deserve better, you know, and hopefully hopefully one day they'll get something something worth seeing. You know, I'd love to go out there and see that stadium for myself and maybe maybe one day, but not right now. Um, Orlando City, fourth place in the Eastern Conference. They hold one of the home field advantage spots at the moment. Forty two points. They're only three points above the cut line, so things really tightening up, just like the pride, things are really tightening up in the Eastern Conference. Uh, New England's clinched, uh, Nashville's on 47 points, Philadelphia at 45, Orlando 42, D.C., New York, and Montreal round out that. And after this game, it is Montreal that Orlando plays. We'll see Montreal, New England, uh, Columbus, and Nashville to close out their season. So three playoff teams uh, out of the remaining five games coming up. Not, uh, like you said, not going to be an easy road as we finish out. Uh, I'm sorry. They played Montreal and then Montreal one more time. So six games left uh, four of those against playoff teams, two of them against Montreal. Um, not, not, not easy by any stretch. I mean, this win over DC helps me build a little bit of confidence in what this team is capable of. Obviously they were struggling for a while. I mean, they almost could have pulled away a victory in Nashville, um, before that game against DC, and it, only, it took a last-minute goal uh, from Dale DK to do that. Um, yeah, and uh, predictions going into this weekend. I mean, obviously, it's a it's a it's a should-win game. Orlando should win this game. Anything less than a win is going to be considered an epic failure, especially considering the tough competition that they've got coming up now. Um, yeah, I mean, FC Cincinnati it has 54 goals against on the year. Um, they're, they're not good. Uh, it's, they, they and Toronto are tied for the most goals conceded, uh, so far this season. Uh, they do have to give up another 20 goals to match, uh, or, uh, Orlando's 2018 season. So unlikely that they are that, they, they get to that, uh, low marker, 
Um, so uh, there's that. If if there is any silver lining for UFC Cincinnati fans, otherwise uh, I don't see much of one. Um, Orlando slowly finding their way back in the form. Um, they're they've been scoring goals in stoppage time, stealing wins away from teams. Um, so hopefully it doesn't come quite down the squeaky bum time quite as much as it has been the last two matches for Orlando City. You'd like to see them take more control. And I think this is the team that they can manage to do it against. I, I don't see why they shouldn't be able to. So um, just thinking ahead that that this should be... Hmm. I, I worry that this game has the opportunity to instill... To, to do one of two things. Either, either, either A instill some false hope in Orlando City going forward where you you that because Cincinnati is so bad that Orlando just sort of throttles them mm-hmm. and I but I but they haven't really done that to teams at all this year they they have they they have very few games where they've won by more than one goal mm-hmm. um I think I think it's only two on the year where that's happened the, and we're starting one to of those see games, where those goals are coming late in the games um, at the last minute. So. Uh-huh. One of those two games was against FC Cincinnati earlier on in the year, though. So, I mean, who knows? Um, this And the, the other outcome that could be bad for Orlando City is this game ends up being tight against a bad Cincinnati game, a bad Cincinnati team, mm-hmm. um, in which case if it just exposes some more weaknesses going forward, that it, it could be one of those games that you win, but you don't ultimately feel good about going forward. Yeah. I mean, I, I see this weekend kind of as a litmus test for Orlando because we know that they are going to come home after this and play two playoff teams um, at Explorer stadium and back-to-back games. And it's either they're going to convince us they're going to go out and they're going to win, you know, a road game, three three nothing they're gonna score you know three or four goals or they're gonna go out there they're gonna win a one nothing game with a late goal it's gonna be a game you know a win that they have to squeak out or they come out with a draw you know and that would be considered honestly the worst case scenario you know to me um and then they go into those two home games off this where they didn't beat the worst team in the league or they barely beat the worst team in the league now they got to face actual good competition and in the case of New England, the best team in the league and a team that's on pace to have the best season of all time, you know, and it's a big game. Honestly, the way I look at it, you know, this Orlando has to kind of come out there and to me prove that they can stay in this playoff position and that they can be, you know, a team worth watching in the playoffs. I mean, we we talked about it on the last episode. They have Sebas Mendes back, you know, Daryl DK's back and healthy. The lineup is finally there. You know, the pieces are finally there that we kind of looked at at the beginning of the season and said, this team's going to be tough to beat. This team's going to be competitive. And we really didn't see that for pretty much most of the season, especially in the summer. But they have the pieces back. And I think if they can go out there and put a really good performance together, it can be a confidence builder. The kind of uh, shot in the arm that they needed going back into those two games against Montreal in New England. I mean, that's really the what they need more than anything is they need that game to jumpstart them. I mean, maybe that goal uh, that Daryl DK scored, that last-minute winner over D.C., was hopefully what really put the volt of energy into this group and 
you know, gives them the confidence to go out there and just let it all loose. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see on Saturday night. Now, you mentioned uh, uh, New England possibly having uh, the best all-time MLS points record within grasp. Uh, of their five remaining matches, they do have Chicago and Miami in those two. So uh, they're currently sitting at 65. If they were to get those six points out of uh, Chicago and Miami, they would tie it with 71. Um, and then the other three matches they have, D.C., Orlando, and Colorado, um, uh, maybe – these are all teams that are vying. Colorado is a playoff team. If I know no one really pays much attention to the West um, out here, but uh, hey, uh, Colorado uh, currently third in the West um, behind Seattle, Sporting KC, and Colorado. Yeah, they've got uh, more points uh, than everybody in the Eastern Conference that's not New England. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Colorado actually doing pretty well. Um, that I will say. I will say the the West, uh, there's the it's kind of top heavy right now um, when you when you look at it because the bottom ain't good because um, <laughs> you got Austin, Houston, and Dallas right in there. Three uh, Texas teams. None of those those three Texas teams uh, have yet to eclipse the thirty point uh, mark on the year. Uh, then you have San Jose, LAFC, and Vancouver who are um, there. Also, um, those are also teams, uh, but uh, the West, yeah, kind of top heavy this year. The East, uh, pretty pretty tight uh, yeah. when you look at it. Um, really, um, there's about I'd say there's about ten teams in in the East right now that are likely that are that could make the playoffs. Um, I mean, second West, through ninth are only separated by ten points. Yeah, yeah, and then I mean, when you look at ten at Columbus, they're they're only six points behind Montreal. Yeah, they're still in striking distance. So, that's for sure. So still in striking distance. Um, that said, um, kind of a kind of a mixed bag out out in the West. It's uh, it's not great. <laughs> the I mean, the West is tight too. I mean, you it's sort of the same, but those teams that are involved aren't nearly as good as the ones in the east yeah all right um i think that is it for orlando city um there's no other news that i can think of that's gone on in the last week um that game at cincinnati 6 38 is the listed kickoff time on mls soccer and that game will be on air on fox 65 my 65 fox plus whatever it's called now um all also, right so i think it, also the the lion nation app as well the lion nation app so as well. can watch it. yes all right let's wrap up the show with some mls and world soccer a couple of quick hits uh the mls 2022 all-star game was announced to be hosting in minnesota next year looking forward to that one another beautiful stadium that we'll get to see on primetime um the u.s men's national team world cup qualifiers is they wrap up tonight this october window um again we're recording this on wednesday so the game is happening tonight you may be listening to it and you might already be upset angry whatever happens on the field um they opened up with a win over jamaica last week a loss in panama that did not please many people after we saw i believe seven starters uh swapped out uh in between those two games and now this one against costa rica in 
Columbus. So a very good environment for the national team. Obviously, it was Costa Rica in the last World Cup cycle that the U.S. lost to in Red Bull Arena. That was a big part of their failure to qualify for the World Cup. I mean, I don't know. I, I honestly, like, I'm, I'm really struggling to get behind this national team to really care. I, I feel, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but I mean, I don't know. I just, I mean, I obviously I want the United States to do well and I want them to qualify for the World Cup. And obviously being in the World Cup next year will draw a lot more enthusiasm from me. But right now, I mean, you're bad until you're not. It's kind of where I'm at. And I don't know. Are you, are you excited? Are you hopeful? What's going on? I mean, I'm hopeful more than I am excited. Um, I mean, we we saw it. that last match against Panama. It the the line. Greg really, I don't think, has set his rotations very well uh, this window. Because um, I mean, man, looking at it, that was just not a good lineup. Um, there's uh, Paul Ariola and Gaiasi Zardes are, are not uh, guys that need to be getting some starting time here with this team. Um, I mean, I get it. You've been leaning on uh, Pepe a lot, but uh, not bad with, to have a good uh, striker coming on. I mean, he didn't even come out until the 68th minute. So I don't, I don't understand. Um, what some of the thought process there was as far as when he was planning on using those subs against Panama, mm -hmm. but I don't think they were, I don't think it was a very well-managed game. That's, that's basically my end of it. Cause the, the entire, the attack did not change until about two thirds of the way through the game. So um, I think by that time you had probably seen enough and probably needed to make some changes well before that if you wanted to have an opportunity to uh, get into the game. Instead, you let Panama uh, basically wait until you made changes to then um, get get a result out of it, basically. I mean, yeah, that's, that's I believe basically all, that, uh, all I really have to it. I believe it was five shots attempted all night from the U.S. None of them were on target. Um, the team obviously didn't have uh, Gio Reyna. They don't have Christian Pulisic. They're both nursing injuries. Um, I don't know. I mean, this team has good players. And I mean, and that was kind of the big thing from the U.S. coming into World Cup qualifying is they won the Nations League and they won the Gold Cup with two different squads. And it was the depth that they were going to be able to come in and flex during these qualifying processes, especially with all of these players. Uh, three game you know you know three games in a week um international windows that just didn't show against panama the team goes out there and they look like they just really weren't up to it and it was very surprising you know especially for a lot of these guys who are getting this opportunity on the big stage you expect a lot more intensity out of them and they didn't see it and now they have to it's not necessarily a must-win game but it is a game that you definitely really want to win because next month it's the first qualifier against Mexico. So it's, uh, you know, big games coming up and their backs aren't against the wall. We're still early in qualifying, but they need these points. So, um, we'll see, we'll see what the happens. This hasn't lost the Costa Rica since it mattered. So 
who knows maybe uh that old chestnut pops up again because the last time they played him in uh world cup qualifiers two nothing time before that four nothing so not great bob yeah uh even you can even go back to 2013 in that qualifying round because uh, guess what Costa Rica beat him then too. Um, <laughs> really, you gotta go, you yeah. gotta go back to March 22nd of 2013 to the last time the U.S. beat Costa Rica in a World Cup qualifier. Yeah, don't underestimate Costa Rica. They uh, they're they're a pretty good team. And the last thing I have on the rundown today. So did you see this? Uh, San Jose and Cruz Azul were playing a friendly game last week in San Jose. Just kind of uh, an international break game. Everyone, you know, just trying to keep the keep the legs fresh. So the game got a little bit chippy in the middle. Um, both teams kind of come together. There's a confrontation, and a Cruz Azul fan runs onto the pitch and throws a punch at San Jose midfielder uh, Jack Shackon. Uh, Chris Wondolossi tackles the guy, puts him in a headlock, wrestles him to the ground. Um, just wild scenes there. Like that's, you don't expect to see that. I mean, listen, you know, we, we know that Liga MX fans are very passionate and they're very passionate about their teams, but this is not something that I have ever seen or would have expected to see from a game like this. I mean, it's a friendly and you've got fans running onto the field, taking swings at players. Yeah. Really not since, uh, God, what was it? It was a Syria match. Was it where like fans yeah. invaded the pitch? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember what the circumstances are, but yeah, like someone threw was throwing stuff at the players and they threw it back. I think one of the players and the fans just bum rushed the field. They were not happy about that. A couple of them drew no. blood on the players. Yeah. I mean, listen. Yeah. To- yeah. Um, I, I, I don't remember. Was it, uh, hmm. you know, I, I don't condone, uh, things like this. But I am for players taking action and, you know, swinging on fans. Obviously, oh. you know, uh, what is it? The Malice at the Palace uh, from like 20 years ago. Um, you know, I, I condone that. I condone that when it's worth it. I did. I did have it wrong. It was not a Serie A match. It was a Ligue match. Oh, okay. It was against a, it was between a Lille and a Lens. Mm. So, so the uh, French fans getting crazy. Yeah, Lens uh, fans invaded the pitch and uh, basically had a bit of a, a bit of a scuffle there between uh, <laughs> them and uh, Leo. So, yeah, was not great. <laughs> yeah, no, you uh, definitely not not a good thing. All right, well, uh, we've made it to the end of the show. We kept it under about forty five minutes, so applause to us. We didn't applause even mention MLS finding Phil Neville. <laughs> Oh, damn. Yeah, so uh, Phil Neville, uh, that's a that's a good one. Uh, came out, I guess, in the uh, Cincinnati. Uh, it was a game against Toronto, I believe, right? Inter-Miami or at Red Bulls? Uh, yeah, there's, uh, yeah they, they, their last defeat was against Red Bulls, yes. 
Yes. So their last defeat was at Red Bulls and Phil Neville came out and completely obliterated the uh, MLS refereeing. He called for an investigation into wrongdoing against his club, said they were, you know, treated unfairly by the refs and buddy, come on. This is not nothing. Yeah. You know. <laughs> First and, time. Uh, after that, MLS uh, did find Neville an undisclosed amount, but revealed mm-hmm. his comments were in violation of the league's public criticism policy. Uh, Neville said, quote, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but something is fundamentally wrong with the way referees treat Inter-Miami. There has to be a massive investigation into the decisions given uh, against Inter-Miami. We want this to be the best league in the world, but we've got decisions like that. and We've had our integrity questioned this year. Um, hey, guess what? Uh, your integrity gets questioned because your team's been caught doing some shady uh, Tam Gam shit. So that's uh, that's why. And also they've been found to be um, bad? Uh, dirty. Yeah. yeah, they've been bad. They play dirty. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a reason why your team gets ref the way they do. So, um, Neville went on and said, quote, we've got stones thrown at us and had to take a lot of absolute shit from a lot of people and had to accept it. I can't accept this. I've got to defend my club against something unjust and wrong. I feel we've been, we're being cheated. Uh, so, um, yeah, you get handed the league's largest fine. Uh, over violations of the uh, the salary budget and roster regulations, um, yeah, there's there's a reason why your team is looked at the way it is. Um, the first thing that came to my mind when I saw that was just that that meme of uh, what's his name, uh, James Franco, where he's like standing with the noose around his neck and he's just looking over the yeah, other guy. It's like first time, first time, first time. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, you know. It's been it's just so funny having been having watched Orlando City this long and listen, we're not above any of this. Obviously, as Orlando City fans, we've been in the exact same position in believing that MLS or at the very least the Pro Referee Association does not care for the Lions. Uh given some of the absolute bullshit that's gone on over the over the last six years, six, seven years. But it is just funny to to go out like that. You know, you're new to this league and just automatically assume that this has only ever happened to you, and that this is not, this is a contained incident only to Miami. It's just very funny to watch. So, um, well, after that, that appears to be it. Um, any any uh, parting remarks? Any uh, F one thoughts? Any TV? Sh- thoughts what the what do you got going on what's going on um did want to take a moment to just sort of briefly acknowledge the uh probably not great uh takeover of newcastle united Uh, um that's not good um uh basically just an entire uh, you're gonna you're gonna run into another psg situation here with with a basically an entire country owning a club um, the government of a country owning a club is, is probably not great. Um, uh, and also the Saudi Royal family has had some <laughs> not good news come out about them. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, one guarantee and it's that when an entire country buys your club, there's a pretty good chance that there's a, there's a very disturbing human rights history 
and some shadiness behind that that uh that ownership group just uh right off the bat yeah yeah not good not good at all um also i want to give not that not only that but not the only club that it's actually looking to target so yeah um i also want to give thoughts and prayers this week to uh urban meyer uh not having a good one uh just pouring one out at a urban's yeah. house for you bud <laughs> as the kids would say uh major oof going on down there in jacksonville right now it it, it is it is not lost on me that even with all the attention rightfully focused on the very bad Washington football team and Oakland or not Oakland anymore, Las Vegas Raiders uh, news uh, that somehow urban Meyer managed to briefly (laughs) take the, some of the heat off of uh, John Gruden there, even although in much like in Jaguars fashion, it failed uh, because uh, even bigger news came out later on. But uh, Urban Meyer, yeah, did not have a great weekend. Yeah, and, uh, you know, speaking of what happened with uh, the Raiders and Gruden, you know, the one time that conservatives are not happy that someone was in trouble over some emails. So, uh, good night, everybody. Um, And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Um, I won't be here. Uh, Brad will probably be here. Austin. Maybe he'll feel like coming back to recording next week. Um, So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Any uh, parting thoughts, Brad? Uh, Yeah, uh, just be nice to other people. That's all you really got to do. Always be nice. You know, everyone, you don't know what someone's got going on in their life. Just be nice. Be be kind. Pay it forward. You know, pass it on. Everyone respect everybody. Everybody love everybody. Uh, E-L-E. And uh, with that, that comes to the end of another show. We appreciate you tuning in. Um, you know where to find us. Uh, pretty much anywhere a podcast is available, we would appreciate uh, some follows on the social ORL Soccer Show on Twitter um, and a, uh, a nice little review uh, would help us on the iTunes. So uh, thanks, yes. everybody. Like, follow, and review. Uh, like, follow, hit that subscribe below, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. You're dirty brown water trash, and you're always going to be dirty brown water trash.